2: it is the garden show on a Saturday morning and uh with Charlie Dobbin and she's here looking very pink this morning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I'm Robbie Lane sitting in for Frank Proctor. He's away for three weeks.
3: Oh I know with his he,
2: wife Diane. He's looking so forward to getting away.
3: Oh I know. And he's up in a place called Lake of the Mountain, uh, which is down oh, you know, Prince Edward County Way. Right. On in the county. Yeah. And he yeah he's very excited about it. I hope he's listening right now. I said take your laptop and listen. Hey Frank if you're listening I hope you're got a nice martini in your hand and you're in a hammock and everything's good isn't and it doesn't it matter early? what time it oh, okay. is. Okay. <laughs> Holidays, right?
2: Yeah, last last year I think he took 2 weeks off and he said this time we decided 3 yeah. weeks. Yeah. 2 weeks isn't enough. Isn't enough. Yeah, yeah so it's true. He's a great guy.
3: We love them and miss them. And I like working with you. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you again. Nice to see you too. What's new and exciting? And I love what you're wearing. You're laughing at my pink, but you're looking very flowery, Mr. Hawaiian shirt. Well,
2: you know, I thought I'd uh, dress for the day. (laughs) Yes, you look great. (laughs) (laughs) And you brought me some fresh green beans out of your garden.
3: I did, uh, both for you and Dave. Hi, Dave. Dave's the the man you're going to hear when you phone in, which is actually a good point. Let me uh, just do the numbers before we chitter-chatter too much. Give us a call. We, of course, are here to talk about gardening and anything that's going on in your garden, good, bad, or indifferent. Love to hear all the stories. Local calls, 416-360-0740. Tool-free anywhere outside of the GTA or 416 calling area is 1-866-740-4740. So give us a call. And as we said, Robbie's here. And so tell me, what's going on in your garden?
2: Well, it's pretty dry out there. No I don't have kidding. to tell you. Um, no kidding. We, I don't know whether you remember this, but the first time I did a show with you, mm-hmm. I told you that we had, when we first moved into the house, we had... Uh, Oh, some lily of the valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> after about five years, we had a million yeah, yeah. lily of the An
3: valley. entire yard full of uh, Yeah, so
2: uh, there's this one area, and I tried to dig it out. Well, that's impossible. Yeah. I have to dig six feet, and I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is we dug down about three to four inches mm-hmm. and uh, covered it over with uh, topsoil and uh, put grass on top of it, oh. because it's right in the middle of a walkway, so we don't really need the no. lily. Lily the of the Valley, Valley there. <laughs> and so far, so good. Oh, good, yeah. Even with this weather. But the rest of the lawn is pretty brown.
3: So, and it's a sunny area where you put that uh, sod down? Yes. See, that's the thing about Lily of the Valley. They'll grow in the shade. They'll yeah. grow in the sun. They'll grow in the wet. They'll grow, they'll grow
0: in growing your in the shoe. Tr- <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're taking control, and that is really what's going on there. You've yeah. said enough to the Lily of the Valley. Yeah. I don't like it anymore, and I'm taking control of this situation. That's right.
2: Well, you t- you had given me the advice a couple of years ago about how to get around this, mm-hmm. and uh, so I finally did it. Yeah. And uh, so far, it's working. Excellent. Yeah.
3: And so, have you ever grown anything edible, or are you growing anything that you, you can know,
2: eat? When I was a teenager, my <laughs> mom and I had mm-hmm. a huge vegetable garden out at the back of the house. So mm-hmm. we grew tomatoes and cucumbers and all kinds of stuff. Um, since I've been married and moved into this house, Marilyn and I aren't exactly gardeners. Mm. So, uh, we don't grow much mm. other than, uh, lawn. <laughs> yeah, lawn and some flowers. At lily
3: of the valley. <laughs> and lots of lily of the valley, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, at least, you know, it's not just paved over or something. No, no. Uh, okay, so this year I expanded my vegetable garden a little bit. It's not huge. I mean, I've seen some, you know, really... Serious vegetable gardens. But, uh, yeah, it's just what I find interesting about growing edibles is that every year is different. There's the year where the tomatoes do really well, and then there's the year where the tomatoes all get blight and don't do well at all. Yeah. So this year appears to be a bean year for me. Well, we noticed. (laughs) That's why I brought you and Dave each a bag of green beans. I saw you handing
2: out bags of green (laughs) beans to people on the street. Exactly.
3: You know, there's that shelter down the street there. I was (laughs) thinking maybe people could chew on some green beans. That and cucumbers. My cucumbers are really happy. They're just coming along. Now, of course, the tomatoes look great, too. Um, Basil's been really good this year. But, uh, yeah, the um, parsley for some reason. I usually have great parsley. The parsley's really been struggling, so I don't know what to say.
2: Well, I think probably a lot of calls today are going to be about the weather. The drought. The drought. Yeah. And uh, we were kind of hoping that we were going to get some rain over the weekend, but that doesn't look too likely now.
3: Crossing a lot of fingers. Potential, you yeah. know, yeah, slight potential for rain tonight. Some thunderstorm activity potentially tomorrow.
2: Hamilton so. got a whole lot yesterday. Did they? Yeah, oh, lucky Severe them. thunderstorm. And well, hail. Maybe not at them. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but still, you know, I got a rain barrel that's. Empty yeah. it has been for a while. Exactly. Um, so I just want a quick uh, shout out to the Communities in Bloom Committee of South Huron. That's what, somewhere where I was this past week as a judge with Communities in Bloom. I spent a day and a half uh, meeting and greeting and seeing and discovering uh, the inside scoop on South Huron, which is which is down sort of Grand Bend way, yep. north of Grand Bend. Right, right. That's it kind of touches the lake there and then goes inland. Very agricultural community, uh, lots of rural and a bunch of towns. Exeter being the biggest town yes, yes. in South Huron. So um, yeah, lots of passionate, energetic, really involved people. So that was a lot of fun meeting them. So big hello to anybody who might be listening. And, um, yeah, other than that, I think that we should probably go for a break, and then we'll come back and and talk to some of our callers. Yeah, we have some
2: people waiting on the line, and maybe I'll just throw out those numbers one more time. Locally, 416-360-0740, or anywhere in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be back to talk to you next. And I'm exclusively here with Charlie Dobbin, Robbie Lane, exactly. sitting in for Frank Proctor. Welcome, Robbie. Thank you so much. We have some people on the line with some questions. Mm-hmm. And first, from Scarborough, we have Jared, who wants to know the best time to water his garden. So what do you think, Charlie?
3: Well, let's see. Jer- Good morning, Jared. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning.
5: Thanks. Good to hear from
3: you. And so when you say best time, do you mean best time of day? Yes. Morning.
6: Uh, why not night?
3: Because at night, if you water the garden at night, the, the foliage will be wet from watering, mm-hmm. and the sun has gone down. And we find that the number of fungal diseases increases dramatically in the dark with wet foliage.
4: Thank you. Very, very much.
2: And that's even true with watering your lawn, too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's,
4: that was what I, my main point was to water the lawn. Yep.
2: Morning. Yep.
3: Morning's the best. If you can do it sort of between 6 and 7 and 8 in the morning, that's the best time. The foliage is all nice and dry before dark, obviously, mm-hmm. and you eliminate that evaporation that happens midday.
5: Thank you so much. Oh, you. you're welcome, pleasure. Thank
3: you.
2: have a Thanks. Day today. Thanks for calling. That was short but sweet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like yeah, that. I water in the morning as well because yeah. someone told me a lot of fungal and mold and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff grows at night. So. That's right,
3: and. Even the earwigs and the slugs and all those things—they all come out in the dark, right? And now if it's you're moist, talking about my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're not listening. No. <laughs> all
2: right, we have um, Fran on the line from Oakville, and uh, she wants to know the best time to trim her hydrangea. Now, good morning, Fran.
7: Oh, good morning.
2: Nice to have you with us.
7: Thank you. I know
2: that Charlie has the answer to your questions.
3: So. <laughs> well, I guess I have to ask, answer a question with a question. What variety of like what? kind of hydrangea? Uh,
7: the Nico Blue.
3: Okay. So Nico Blue is what we call a macrophylla or large leaved um, hydrangea. Mm-hmm. That whole variety of macrophylus can sometimes have the round flowers or sometimes they have what they call the lace cap. So it's a flat flower. But either way, they're a mid-summer flowering plant. Mm-hmm. So because they're mid-summer flowering, And we always remember that the best time to trim our flowering shrubs is after they flowered. So technically you would trim them in fall every year and then let them come up and do their thing in the spring and flower in the summer. But that doesn't work that well because usually in the spring there's some dieback. The the branches that stand up all winter will often have brown, shriveled tips on the stems and then as you follow the stem down you'll start seeing fat little juicy buds on the stems. So what I do with any of those macrophylla uh, hydrangeas is I do all my trimming in the spring. Fairly early spring before any leaves have come out. um, Trim right down to living growth is usually the best way to do it and then if it looks kind of dumb and unstructured or, you know, uneven, then just sort of trim it so that it's even. Because the the plant should be a mound, basically, once it starts to grow. It kind of looks like a bit like a round mound ball kind of a plant.
7: Yep, yep, that's what it looks like, lots of
3: flowers. Excellent, good to hear. Good to hear The one thing about hydrangeas, we were just talking about water, is they do love their water. Oh,
8: yes, yeah.
3: (laughs) Not good in a drought, a hot, hot, sunny, droughty kind of a year. That's the one thing about the hydrangeas. So some of them are probably suffering a bit and perhaps not putting out a ton of flowers. But the main thing is to keep them alive, and next year's a whole new experience.
7: Oh, another thing... um do they like sun or shade? I, I used to have it in the sun when it was a small plant, and it would look all shriveled. So I moved it in the shade mm-hmm. of a tree, mm-hmm. and it seemed to do better there. So, but my neighbor has hers in the sun, so I don't know—is it <laughs> the variety or what? No,
3: what did it? Is, well, the, any of the PG type hydrangeas need a, as much sun as you can give them. So minimum four hours, as much as you know, eight or ten hours of sun. Mm-hmm. Whereas the macrophylla, like you have. They like some sun, but morning sun is best. Oh, okay. The afternoon sun is a bit intense, yeah. and they'll look real... Their leaves will just droop. Oh, yeah, they just
8: droop yeah. terribly. Even,
3: and then you feel the soil, and it's nice and moist, uh-huh. but they just droop because they just don't like so all don't that like heat, heat and sun.
7: And the red ones don't... And- my neighbor has the red yeah. ones, yeah. and they look fine. They don't get droopy.
3: It might be that it's a newer variety, and the, oh. the endless summer varieties tend to be a little tougher and stronger and stand up a little better in the heat. Oh,
7: I see.
2: Yeah, yeah, I even get droopy in the summer. <laughs> don't
3: we all? About 4 o'clock, <laughs> yeah. need a nice coffee, right? That's, That's what right. they want. <laughs> okay. Okay, Fran. Well, yeah, thank th- you. Th- thanks, thanks for calling.
2: Bye. And uh, before we get to our uh, the other callers, uh, there's someone on the line every once in a while, uh, Charlie, we get someone calling just to to annoy us. Really? Yes. Did no. you, have you ever
3: noticed that? I've never noticed that.
2: Well, every once in a while I we do. I love
3: all our callers. Well, I <laughs>
2: love them all, too. But there's one in particular that I think we should talk to. All right. Uh, he's usually sitting right here.
3: Really? Yet, not, not Franklin.
2: Uh, Franklin seems to be on the line. And uh, are you there, Frank Proctor? No, no, it's
4: not Franklin. It's Marty. From uh, Concey in Prince Edward County.
3: <laughs> Marty? <laughs>
4: okay. <laughs> Marty, yeah. I'm a friend of Frankie's, uh-huh. and I just wanted to let you know that, uh, well, Charlie, I got a question about my potted mum. Uh, I'll, I'll ask in a minute before you jump in like usual. Uh, well, Robbie, Robbie <laughs> y- yes, Fastlane? What? Yes. Oh. Lord, your voice just sends shivers up my spine. <laughs> oh, oh. You, you've given me the vapors this morning. Well,
2: you're giving me the vapors right <laughs> yeah, now.
4: Yeah, you might oh, want to go for a swim I, there. I'll tell you. Is it true, Robbie, that you're so rich that even your butler has a butler?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'll tell you. Uh, you see... Ever since the mister passed away and went to the great garden in the sky, I've been alone and looking, and you sound like a real catch to me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, don't leave me your phone number, okay, (laughs) Marty? Oh,
4: all righty.
2: And, and And where did you bury your late husband? In one of those pots?
4: Oh, no, no. We shipped him off. Okay. We just yeah, we just shipped him off. Uh, I think we used FedEx.
2: <laughs> That's Deadex. <laughs> Listen,
4: Charlie. You know my parted mum. The question is, yes, what should I do about? the potted mum. Should I call in a professional or just take the bottle away from her?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Time for some kind of a, yeah, I'd I'd say, you know, lock her up in that potted mum, lock her up in the cupboard there somewhere and do take the bottle away.
4: (laughs) I just wanted to say what a great job and what a (laughs) treat it is to call in and say hi to both of you and boy, oh boy, Frankie's going to be real upset when he hears what a good job the under under undergardeners doing. There.
3: Yeah, but remember, he's still just the under undergardener. Yeah. Oh, I,
4: okay. I, I know, know my place. Long to Frankie, right. who's waiting in the line at the LCB uh, to open up to get his supplies for the day. Okay. okay, I
3: was gonna say, you better get that martini and that hammock going. Yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Marty. Have a good shot. I'll be listening. Uh, okay, that's what I'm afraid
3: listening.
4: of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have fun. Bye bye.
2: What a nut case. He is a nut. I'm telling it's, you. It's uh, just about 20 after 9, and you've got some business you have to do with That's this. That's right, because yeah.
3: I, now is when we do our exercises. Of course, you know, we just lost Maudie, who, you know, is in line at the LCBO. You know, Frank's in, in line at the LCBO. But, he's always uh, in line. I know. Hopefully, he's remembering to do his stretching and knee bending. And, of course, he can do that because he takes <laughs> Sierra sierrasil yeah. on a regular basis. That's three pills every single day. And Sierra Sil is just really handy for people that have any kind of stiffness or aches in their joints. Doesn't matter how old you are or what your activities are, uh, Sierra Sil can really help with any kind of pain in the joints. Now they have done a complete uh, and thorough update of the website. So if you haven't been to sierrasil.ca, I recommend you go because there's lots of good information on their website, or you can give them a call at one. 1- Eight seven seven joint fourteen, or if you just want to pick up some SierraSil, it's available at lots of different um, health food vendors. The all the Good Health Mart locations carry SierraSil. There's there's one in Hamilton, Woodbridge, Bramley, Guelph, Cambridge, and there's two Burlington locations, Mississauga and Aurora. Don't change
1: the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And good morning. Uh, Welcome to The Garden Show. Charlie Dobbin is by my side. Robbie Lane in for Frank Proctor, who, as we've said, is on vacation. Mm. And we have a young lady waiting. Oh, she's been waiting for a few minutes from Mount Hope. Alice is on the line and uh, ready with her question. Good morning, Alice. Good morning. Morning. Nice, Nice to have you with us. What did you have to ask Charlie?
8: Okay, I have a row of unanimous. I've had them probably in 10 years.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: And I cut them back about three weeks ago because they were just, you know, <laughs> almost cutting off the driveway. Oh, my, yep. So I noticed that um, the, at the end, mm-hmm. they've all started turning brown and mm-hmm. the leaves are falling off. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that they have white scale. hmm So...
3: You're... It, t- I was just going to say, your timing to notice that is perfect, and actually everybody who has any kind of a big euonymus on their property should go out right now and take a look at the back of the leaves, the underside of the leaves, particularly the tips, as you point out like the newest growth, mm-hmm. if on the back of the leaves you see what looks like just little flecks, there will be white flecks and there will be brown flecks. Mm-hmm. And then if you see that and you follow down the stem of that little tip, down towards a you know more barky, heavier uh, branch, you may even see... Uh, protuberances along the stem which are going to be gray or black and they look like a half of an oyster shell stuck to the to the stem but of course tiny you know they're about the size of a those the adult version those oyster shell scales are about ahead of a pin times two t- sort of size mm-hmm. but those little flecks on the underside of the leaves are the baby scale and they haven't grown a little shell over their bodies yet so now is the time you can spray them to annihilate them oh okay The biggest trick, though, is that it's that spraying the underside, because that's where they are. Uh You can spray with like a soap solution, a safer soap. Mm -hmm. You can spray with anything like a a Bug Be Gone, which is going to be pyrethrum based. Okay. You can also spray with an oil spray, like a neem oil or horticultural oil. Okay. You will have to spray more than once. Because oh, okay. you'll never get them all the first time, and remember that any of those sprays I just mentioned must coat those little insects that are on the underside of the leaves that don't yet have that protective shell on.
8: So I don't have to worry about spraying the actual stem.
3: Well, it's you'll find mean- that if you spray the stems, I mean, I would do it, mm-hmm. but the, any of those adults that I mentioned that have that shell on, you, you your spray isn't going to do anything to them. They're okay. they're completely encased and safe underneath mm-hmm. that shell. The good part of the story, though, is that they are in the process of uh, hopefully dying anyway because they 've laid a whole bunch of eggs okay. and it 's those eggs that have just hatched and it's those little nymphs that are out there ready to go and uh, and you will like i say you 'll need spray more than once as many as three times mm-hmm. with seven day interval in between do not spray in the hot sun or heat of the day oh, okay. try, try and spray either early in the morning or as the sun is going down kind of time frame just because okay. it 's been so hot lately and obviously don't spray just before it 's going to rain but I don 't think that's Really, a problem?
8: (laughs) No, I don't think so either. I heard um, the announcer saying that Hamilton got rain Mm -hmm. yesterday, but we're probably maybe three kilometers from Hamilton. And we just got the clouds and the thunder and the lightning. Yeah. That's all we got. No rain.
3: No I know. rain. It's like that, eh? It's always those heat, the bursts of rain. Yes. And, so some people just get way too much. And, and yeah. Robbie even mentioned uh, hail. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so you didn't get any. Yeah, I haven't seen a no. spit of rain at my place in over a week. And even then, it was just a spit last time. Yeah, okay. it was. So, okay, thank all right. you. Well, good luck with that. And, yeah, for anybody else who's listening, yeah, miss is very much... If it's at all under stress, it gets a scale insect and needs to be dealt with now.
8: Okay. You cannot
3: control that insect in the future.
8: Okay. Thank all right. you. Good luck. Thank Thanks. you, Alice. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Um, we have room for one or two more callers, so I should probably get the numbers out again. Sure. 416-360-0740 and uh, toll-free at one 866 so give us a call if you have a question for charlie and uh, she'd be more than happy to answer whatever you have to ask <laughs> um Kaladin, looks like angie is calling in good morning angie
5: good morning nice
2: to have you with us on Thank the garden you, show Thank
3: oh, you're very welcome <laughs>
5: morning charlie, angie. i i talked to you last weekend at the delphinium um
3: day delphinium days
5: delphinium day angie
3: yes hi uh, how are you hi
5: um is everything so early this year? I didn't. I didn't ask you last weekend, so I had to phone in. <laughs> is it too uh, early? Like, if I do you get a rainfall, to uh, put the nematodes down?
3: Uh, it depends what you're talking about. Nematodes for to control for grass. to control the, the grubs. In the mess. All right, so this is where we need Frank here. This is the one answer he knows. He does? Yeah, really. He's, he's got this one memoized. I'm going to have to learn this. <laughs> I know, so pay attention. Okay. <laughs> so if you say your grass is a mess, why is it a mess? From well, back in the a, spring?
5: Well, it's being eaten alive by all the uh, grubs.
3: So, and are there animals digging up your lawn?
5: No, not yet.
3: Okay. So right now, the grubs are not doing any damage to your lawn. The grubs have moved through their life cycle, and they should be in a either in a little pupa, so like a dormant phase, or have emerged from the soil and be flying around looking like a big June beetle. Okay. Okay. So it's not grubs doing any damage to your lawn right now. Actually, what could be doing damage to your lawn is chinch bug, hairy chinch bug, mm-hmm. tiny, tiny little insect. And the crazy thing is, with all this drought, yeah. many people are not watering their lawns. They can't. They're...
5: Brian's been watering. Yeah.
3: Okay, so yeah, so you've been watering, and you're just seeing yellow patches hither and yon, all over, all over. So you know what you should do? Get out a, a, a can, any kind of a, um, you know, apple juice can, that kind of a can. Cut out the top and the bottom, so you've got a cylinder. And then take that cylinder, sink it into your lawn, uh, so that you 've got about an inch down into the turf, then you fill the can up with water, and if there 's and do that in a yellow patch where where the lawn is looking quite poorly. If there are chinch bugs in your lawn, they will float to the surface of the water that's held inside the can. Okay. Chinch bugs are very small. You'll never see them in the soil, but you will see them as they float in the water. Okay. If you see chinch bugs floating in that water, then guess what? There is a nematode for chinch bug. It's not the same nematodes we use for the grubs. It's Mm -hmm. a totally different nematode. And absolutely, yes. It we are coming to that window where if we have chinch bug, it's appropriate to put the nematodes in, or, you know, sprinkle them, you know, follow the instructions and sprinkle on the lawn. But as you pointed out, that has to be a moist lawn yeah. that the nematodes go onto, otherwise, the eggs will not hatch. I know, yeah. So okay. just remember if you're out there shopping, I mean, a good garden center will have a refrigerator. In the refrigerator, they're going to have a bunch of choices. Make sure you're not buying nematodes for grubs right now. It's way too early. We'll wait till August for that. Mm-hmm. Instead, right now, we're thinking about chinch bugs.
5: Okay. All right. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for your
3: call. Thank Bye. you
2: for calling, and we've got some callers waiting. And did you say the name of that bug was Harry Chinch Bug? hmm I think that was my agent for I a number of say, years. I was going to say, doesn't
3: that have a, just, don't you have a real visual? I do. Harry Bug. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> um, and she was talking, was referring to having met me last weekend. Yeah. Last Saturday after the radio show, I went up to, um, per, Paradise Country Gardens, lovely, lovely place I'd never been to in Caledon uh, where there was an event going on called Delphinium Days. And I was speaking to a group of about, a, there's about 120 people there. Lovely lunch was presented. There was music, garden, touring the gardens. Uh, the retail shop was open. It was really pretty. I was really happy to be there. It was, oh, that uh, sounds nice. Uh, it was really um, fun.
2: And, so what are, uh, you, are you doing something today after the show?
3: No. Today, after the show, I... What am I doing? Uh, I think I'm going to go home and water my lawn. No, I'm not. I'm going to go home and... I have a Boston ivy on my house. Like, I'm a you know, bozo and planted an ivy on the house. Big mistake. So I'm going to go home and trim the ivy, oh. which is climbing across the screens as yes, we speak. You
2: might have to pick more beans, too. There's the bean picking <laughs> and the
3: cucumber picking. Exactly. <laughs> and probably a little watering to do. All right.
2: <laughs> Did you have some business you wanted to do now, or we take the next call? Uh,
3: you know what? That's a good idea. I um, got so excited having you here as the, the under, under, under gardener. I neglected to... Well, you keep uh,
2: adding an under every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just afraid Frank might be listening, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: that I neglected to uh, come up. Usually, I start the show with announcements. People do send me some of the events that are going on. So I just wanted to quickly remind everybody, tomorrow, Sunday, from 10 till 5 p.m., there's a garden tour in support of Carpenter Hospital. Hospice. Eight beautiful gardens in the North Shore Boulevard and Lakeshore Road area of Oakville are on display. Tickets are still available, many retailers, or send a quick email to tour at gmail.com. Saturday, July 28th, mm-hmm. two weeks from now, from 10 to 4 p.m., the Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society is sponsoring a brand new tour, the Edible Gardens Learning Tour. Which is a pretty neat idea, actually. Yeah, it the tour offers a self-guided tour of eight gardens in Richmond Hill whose owners will share their experience and a variety of growing methods. Whether you have a very small space or a large space uh, or are new to growing food or experienced, you are sure to get lots of ideas. So I've never heard of an edible This is a great idea. Edible Garden Learning Tour. So, again, tickets are available at a bunch of the different retailers. They are $10 each. You get a map. You guide yourself around. Uh, Four for $35. For more information, go to www.richmondhillgardensociety.org and then click on Garden Tour for more information. Um, also, 20, Friday, July 27th, and Saturday, July 28th, I've mentioned this. But this is, again, an unusual tour. It's a night garden tour of Historic Hamilton. Oh, that sounds good. I know. I think it's, it sounds really good. So from 6 o'clock till 9 o'clock, both evenings, it is to support the Stephen Lewis Foundation. It's Blooms for Africa, Blooms in the Night Garden Tour. $20 a person. Passports can be purchased at a bunch of retailers or go to Africa. Dot .org There. Very nice. Thank you.
2: All right. Always busy. You're always busy. I always
3: got stuff on the go. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, and
2: we have a lady who's been waiting for a little while and she wants to move a lilac mm. plant mm. bush, I guess, and uh, she's mm. from Toronto and this is Gail. Good morning, Gail.
5: Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, Charlie. Morning, Gail.
2: You're moving a lilac, are you?
5: Uh yes, it has sentimental value and I presently have my home up for sale so I don't think I'll be moving till either the beginning or the end of September, but I'm moving to Ottawa, and mm-hmm. I would love to be able to take this. Um, it's, it's only about four feet tall right now. It's been in my garden for about two years. Okay, And is it possible to transfer?
3: Sure. No, great. it's a very good question, and it's a really good time to ask your question because if you wait until moving day, uh, say it's in September one day, Generally speaking, moving plants in the fall is fine. Um, right. And to transplant and you know, replant or do any planting in the fall is fine. Uh, the soil is nice and warm. The, if the plant is healthy and vigorous and you put it into a well-prepared bed of you know, good quality soil, lots of sun for, for a lilac, it was, should take off in a flash, not a problem. The one thing I would recommend you do now, though, because you know you want to move this plant, is realize you're going to have to take a root ball with you. Right. And the bigger the root ball you can take, the better. And when I say root ball, I mean roots with soil attached. So oh. when you dig that plant, you're going to be, you know, you said it's about four feet high. So you're going to want as big a root ball as you can manage, preferably at least kind of two feet wide by about, you know, 14, 16, 18 inches deep. And when you're going to dig that up, of course, you're going to have an old piece of burlap or an old sheet, and you're going to be ready to dig that hole, loosen the plant carefully so the soil doesn't fall off the roots, and then you're going to get that that cloth whatever it is and roll that down into the hole around the ball tying it in little knots so that when you lift it up out of the ground all that is being held together carefully put into whatever vehicle you're transporting it in of course not letting it overheat in a in any kind of a vehicle while you're getting it to ottawa and then no rush to plant it it's just a matter of keeping it moist you know when you get it there get it out of the vehicle water immediately and get around to planting it when you can Um, But moisture being the important uh, uh, aspect, you must keep moisture on it while it's out of the ground. You could start your digging now in the sense of pruning some roots now, like almost not so much today because today is so dry. But if you've had some moisture or you're prepared to go and water that plant, you could sink your shovel into the soil Around the plant, draw in your mind's eye a circle where you think your root ball is going to be, and you're going to go just inside by about a half an inch on that circle, not completing the circle with your shovel, but every second shovel width all the way around, severing roots with the intention, that we call it root pruning, The reason you would do that now is that new little fiber roots will start to grow Mm. off the area where you've pruned, and it'll be just that much better able to be transplanted and take off in September in its new location.
5: Great. Thank you so
3: much. Oh, you're very welcome. Good luck with
4: that. Thank you. All right.
3: Let us know how that works out. That's interesting. Happy moving. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, okay all right I'll take a we've, breath <clears throat>
2: we've got uh, a couple of calls here we do all right see um from scarborough we have helen and uh, she's got some poppies and when to split them and move them she mm-hmm. says i don't know when to do that so uh, helen are you there i'm here well good we're good morning, we're Robbie. here too good morning
9: <laughs> and good morning Charlie. Good morning um i have some beautiful poppies they're oriental poppies they're very tall and they um, they did extremely well this year because of the hot sun. I mm-hmm. guess um, I have uh, a friend who would love to have some, and I have never split them before. And I'm wondering when would be a good idea. They're dying back now, mm-hmm. as they always do. They and usually I just cut off all that dead and then leave it, and they come up later in the in the fall with mm-hmm. new green shoots. Mm-hmm. So. Can I dig them up now and move them to her garden or would it be better to wait until the spring when they start shooting up?
3: Great question actually. If you cuz you're absolutely right. Oriental poppies are now dying down and they leave a big empty hole in the garden yeah. for about a month or so and then you start to see little green green tufts in the fall. If you, you won't see them in a month. So if right. you want to do your digging and dividing now you could. The thing to remember, of course, is that it is so hot and so dry. Yeah. It's important that if you're going to do anything like that now, you really, really moisten them before you dig them. And, of course, wherever they're going, it's a bit funny to get them established because on the one hand, they're going to need water where they're going. But on the other hand, they're going to be dying down through that process. Right. So if your friend you're giving them to is the kind of person who might get a little freaked out by it planting a plant and watching it die right before their very eyes or appear to die, it might not be a good idea to do it just now because that might just be, you know, make them feel like they're killing it when Mm -hmm. we all know it's really just going dormant for a period. So my impulse would be to do exactly what you're suggesting in the fall. Or early spring, whichever works better for your schedule. Okay. And that way you're actually handing off a green plant. Right. And, uh, and of course, the weather will be better when it comes. It's a little hard to do a lot of digging and dividing and transplanting when it's this hot and this dry.
9: Well, that's what I was concerned about. Is that I know that everything in the garden is stressed right mm-hmm. now. It's not just dry; it's hot and dry,
3: and windy too. And yesterday, yes, oh boy,
9: they're very, very dry, and no amount of, of watering no. with the sprinkler is is going to help. We no. need rain
3: exactly, and steady for about six hours. Yes,
9: exactly, <laughs> not a five minute thunderstorm. <laughs> no. Um, so I didn't know whether this was a good time to, to stress them mm-hmm. out by moving them, or whether it would be better to wait. So yeah,
3: I would wait because this then she'd be better. Able to measure the success as exactly. well okay right. okay good all right thank you Thanks okay so thanks lot, for calling him thank you bye-bye
2: all right take care and uh she'll let us know probably at some point uh what yes. she has to do, right? Or what happens when she well, moves her Well, I
3: hope so. I love it when people give us feedback on what's going on and when they follow advice, whether it works or not, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes it's things nice work and sometimes yeah. they don't. Uh, but the reason I was just uh, starting my stretching was that you're looking at me like I'm a nutcase. Normally, Frank will be doing his sit ups and chin ups, and he sometimes even wears like, like this, you know, lycra suit. It's like oh, I don't want to see that. Yeah, I mean, so I'll tell you. Whew, I cover my eyes. <laughs> That's how it's scary. Yeah, but, you know, he does. He likes to be active, you know. He's like kickboxing, like, you know, now he's in line at the LCBO. He's a busy, active guy. Always. And, you know, I do a lot of gardening and one thing or another, keeping active, bike riding. And so uh, Sierra Sil is something that both of us take just to uh, eliminate joint pain. Anybody with any kind of sore joints and feels that their, their activities are limited because of that may find that Sierra Sil can help. It's a completely natural mineral supplement, comes from the Sierra Mountains, works for most people, uh, not everybody. If it's going to work for you, you'll know within 14 days, which is where the phone number comes from. Yeah. The 1-877-JOINT-14. Give them a call if you have any questions or want to order some. You can also let, check out their brand new website, sierrasil.ca, or pick up Sierra Sil at many Of the health food stores in your area. Goodness me, natural food markets in both Burlington, Hamilton, and Waterdown. Carries Sierra Cell.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: It is the Garden Show on a Saturday morning and a warm Saturday morning it is. It, and it is. has been and looks like it's going to be for it's the next uh, few days as nice well. Nice
3: day to be at a lake.
2: It is. Or perfect. a pool. Or yeah.
3: even under a sprinkler.
2: Yes, I've been I, running through my sprinkler I've lately.
3: I've been considering getting a child's wading pool myself.
2: <laughs> in fact, the neighbors called the police yesterday when I ran were, through the pool. Well, you were in their pool? No, no. I was running through the sprinkler. Oh, through the sprinkler. I have a lot of clothes on. Uh,
3: well, we'll do that. We have a lady <laughs> waiting
2: from uh, she's been uh, waiting a long time oshawa and that's uh, elizabeth. elizabeth and she wants to know about her christmas cactus good morning elizabeth
7: good morning nice morning. to have
2: you with us and thank you for waiting thank you what about that cactus
7: well it's about uh, four or five years old it, it's very uh, uh, healthy looking but it isn't blooming mm. i've got three of them actually and, and uh, they they're very healthy and i'm just wondering what can i do to help them bloom
3: when was the last time they bloomed
7: Oh, maybe two, three years ago.
3: Okay, so he... I
7: have one, one under a grow light. Uh huh. But I'm just wondering. I see a bit red on the tips in some of the. Hmm.
3: Okay, so you know why it's turning red on the tips? All right. Okay, so Christmas cactus obviously by the name, we know that it's supposed to bloom around Christmas time, so late fall. Yes. And um, the trick to getting Christmas cactus to bloom is to neglect your Christmas cactus. I bet you are taking way too good a care of them. I and think so. And they are happy, happy growing lots and lots of leaves because you're taking such good care. What you want to do is you want to neglect them. You want them to be uh, have some real drying, like drying out to the point that the soil is like concrete. Then you'll water thoroughly, and they'll use all that water. It might be two weeks between waterings. It might be three weeks between waterings. It just kind of depends how much light they're in and what kind of temperatures they're in. So bright light is important. If it's too bright, if the sun is too intense, that's where the red comes in. You see those red tips on on any of your succulent plants? It means there's too much light.
7: Well, so I shouldn't have it under a grow light. Well, at this
3: time of year, you don't really need a grow light no, because you no, could. I
7: mean, this is this has blo- bloomed more than at Christmas time in the past. Uh
3: huh. They'll, they'll often bloom before Christmas. And so the idea to take it outside, any of them outside is a good one. The trick to taking them outside, though, is you take them out into a shady location first. Yeah. After 10 days or so, you move move them into a half sun, half shade, and you may find that that's where you'll leave them for the rest of the summer. They can take that hot afternoon sun, but you'll have to build them up to being able to take that much sun. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then what I've done is I'll leave my Christmas cactus outside until they'll, they'll even get a little touch of frost. So I might not bring them in until October Early November, depending on the kind of night temperatures we're getting. but when I bring them in they'll be covered in buds because yeah. it's the it, that the cooler nights and the, um, what's actually the cooler nights have a lot to do with the formation of the flower buds, mm-hmm. and that important neglect I mentioned.
0: Right,
3: <laughs> don't let them be watered and kept moist all the time because they'll I've just
7: doing that. keep That's putting out leaves. Thing, yeah, ignore them. FMI I may say, we really enjoy your program, and I, if I recall correctly, you you mentioned green tomato jam. Uh huh. I made it, and it was our people that it was beautiful. I didn't tell them what it was. Oh, I said great. it was my secret jam. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And they great. Thought it was marvelous. Nobody ever guessed what it was.
3: That's, well, you know what? That's perfect because the woman who called us earlier in the show, Anita, she, uh, she was one of the people that helped uh, me sort of launch that g- green tomato jam out into the stratosphere. It's, and it's on the website. It's on am740.ca. I've got a few recipes that people have shared with me that are up on the website. So oh, I'll have good to for you. That. It's,
7: uh, well, it's really pretty delicious. Well, we really, Very much, and thank you for taking my call. It's the first time I've called, but we listen every week regularly.
2: Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, thank you, Elizabeth, and have a great weekend.
7: Thank you. I'm going to try and keep cool.
2: Yeah, Yeah, you do that. (laughs) Thank
7: you very much. Stay in the shade. All the best to everybody. Thank you. And
2: not only does Charlie get phone calls, but you get emails all the time from
3: people. Do I do I do? There's one I wanted to answer for sure. This is from Kathy Moss. She asks. I have, a be- I have beautiful iris plants, and I'm wondering when is the best time to separate them. They don't have many blossoms this year, but I think it's because they are cramped in the location I would like to split them. And uh, this is a very good point, and absolutely. It, now, I'm assuming that Kathy is talking about bearded irises kind of same visual as the hairy chinch bug, think of a bearded iris. Mm, I don't want to. (laughs) So so the irises that have beards are the ones that have a very succulent stem and a rhizome that sits right on the surface Mm -hmm. of the soil. When we plant them, there's tall ones and short ones. They do bloom, you know, kind of in June, sometimes a little bit in July. When um, we plant them, very, they're planted right on the surface, but if they're happy and healthy, they will grow and grow, get very, very crowded, and stop blooming. So dividing and replanting bearded irises, they should be dug up, divided, and replanted every three to four years um, And at, because when the clumps become large and overcrowded, flower production is generally reduced. Use a garden fork and carefully dig the plants out of the ground Uh, And I'll tell you right now, this is all to take place in late July or any time in the month of August. So you've got time, Kathy, to prepare to do this in the next few weeks. Use a garden fork, carefully dig the plants out of the ground, wash the soil off, and pull apart the root tangle. Divide the rhizomes into single plants with a leaf fan on each. And you'll, you it's very obvious. You'll be able to see exactly what's going on there. So you're going to be sharp knife. You're going to be cutting these all apart. You've got a leaf fan on each. Use a small sharp knife, obviously. Discard the old and any diseased rhizomes. The, leafs, the leaf fans are cut down to about six inches tall. The, re, the retained sections, in a basket situation, you the ones you're going to replant, you actually allow them to dry overnight. So you might do this in, in your garage. You might do it in a covered porch. Don't leave them outside where they're going to get dew on them or rain or anything. Because the idea is you really want to dry those cuts because that will help seal those wounds to eliminate any infection or insect problems once you ah. replant them the following day. And, uh, and like I say, late July, anytime in August. And really good idea with any of your bearded irises. Whether I have a lot of dwarf irises, which I have to do exactly that with because the flowers are minuscule. But they, they're they great in all this drought, right? They need lots yes. of sun. Yeah. They handle the drought no problem. And, of course, it's a well trained location. You never put them in a moist area in the garden, always in a spot where, you know, hydrangea, too dry for the hydrangea, Iris will love it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly. All
2: right. And I should mention that Charlie not only receives a lot of emails, but most of the time... She responds to those emails on the air. Yes. That's the best way. She can't. She's so busy doing other things that she doesn't really have time to uh, email back. So if you have a question, by all means, send, uh, send, send an email. Yeah, if you but can't it,
3: get through on the phone, exactly, yeah. send an email. And remember, you can always listen to the the show as podcast. Yeah. So if you're not around on Saturdays or you're you know out of the country, just go to am740.ca, go to The Garden Show, and there's all the shows or podcasts. Just pick the week you want to listen to, press, and listen away.
2: Technology.:
3: Love it.: Yeah, it's
2: great. <laughs> it's uh, nine minutes before 10 o'clock, and we've got time for uh, a couple of more calls, but we've got to do something first, don't we? Yep. We'll be back
4: daffodils and daisies bluebells and begonias for scythia and fox clubs marigolds magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias delphiniums stalks flocks hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams
1: you pick the right place for everything floral this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio am 740 and good morning and welcome
2: to The Garden Show, if you're just joining us. That uh, little lilting yeah. number, was that a David Gaskin composition, our associate producer out there?
3: I have no idea. So you, that doesn't ring a bell with you that no. it's not uh, something from the 60s or 70s. It no. just has that wacky sound to it, it right?
2: Are um, you I, saying that most things from the 60s are wacky? All,
3: not at all. It's just <laughs> it, If anybody was going to do something like that, it would have been, you know. I think so. Daffodils, delphiniums. Uh, it's a creation of the, of the station, though. One of our creative uh. people. Wow. did make that. It's Well, that explains sweet. a few things. I...
2: <laughs> All right, we've got uh, a lady who's been waiting for 15 minutes. Thank you so much for doing that, Anne in Oshawa. How are you? Are you there, Anne? Yes, I am. Thank you for waiting. And uh, Charlie is ready to take your uh, question about your tall rose of Sharon.
7: Go ahead. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. I have a beautiful rose of Sharon. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it is just starting to bloom now, which is great. Mm-hmm. But it's about 12 feet tall, mm. and I'm wondering if it's possible, not at this time, mm-hmm. but at the appropriate time, to transplant that to another area.
3: Hmm. How long has it been in the spot it's in now?
7: I would think, um, I'm not the original owner here, but I would think it's been here eight years. Is this
3: a Rosa Sharon that ever uh, has little seedlings grow from the base, right down at ground level? Do you ever see little seedlings coming up?
5: Yes,
3: okay. it is. You know what I would do? I would transplant one of the seedlings. You'd probably have a better chance of success
7: oh. if it's been there that's The reason for wanting to transplant it is to hide a fence.
3: Oh, okay. Well, so... but they grow pretty quick. You know, in a good growing year, you'll get a foot of growth out of a rose of Sharon. So take one of those little seedlings, or you know, pick up one, a, a new one if you want to even get a different color onto the property. Uh, you know, sort of what fourteen ninety nine at your local garden center two or three feet tall now yeah. and put it into the spot, it, it won't take long to, to stand up and, you know, fill that area. I oh, thought okay. you're going to ask, when do I prune it as opposed to, can I move it? You could try moving it, but when it's been there that long and it's that tall, it will be a bit of a challenge to yeah, transplant. I would awesome. do it in the spring if I was going to transplant, and I would also cut it down by a third in that process. Mm-hmm. So if it's 12 feet tall, I would transplant it in the spring, and it would be an 8-foot-tall shrub when you moved it. Right. Okay, okay.
7: Well, probably that's the better idea is to buy a new one.
3: Yeah. They're nice, though, and they're just, just coming on.
7: Yes, All yep. in
3: bud right now. So Beautiful. Good for well, you. thank you very much. Oh, you're very, very thank welcome. Thank you, and
2: have a great weekend.
7: You too. Bye all now. All right.
2: Bye-bye. We got a call from Brantford. Mm-hmm. Her name is Joyce, and we say good morning to you, Joyce. Are you there, Joyce? I'm here. Well, thank you for waiting, and uh, I hope you're having a good day so far.
6: A rather hot one. Yeah,
2: I know. They, <laughs> all, sure. they all are. <laughs> and you have something to do with a hibiscus, and what yeah. is that?
6: Mm-hmm. I have one that's uh, gotten nice and bushy. I've got buds on it, mm-hmm. but the buds have gotten to a certain point, and they don't seem to be getting any larger.
3: So tell me about this hibiscus. Is it the tropical
6: hibiscus? It's uh, a red one, and it's a, uh, no, it's one the perennial. Uh, perennial.
3: Ah, okay. Um, and you've had it for a number of years, or you've had both of these for a number of years? Uh,
6: we've been here for six years, and mm-hmm. I just planted it when we moved.
3: Right, and so it's done well for you every other year? It's
6: been blooming beautifully every year. You know, I've, um, I've been checking it for aphids. I don't see any aphids.
3: Yeah, do that. Continue to keep an eye on it. Make sure there's nothing thrips or anybody working away on those buds. But because perennial hibiscus have flowers that are, you know, they call them dinner plate, uh, yeah. you know, sized plants, flowers. So keep in mind the heat and the drought. When it gets really, really hot, many things just come to a complete halt. Many plants. Just like when it gets cold, they don't grow. When it gets really hot, they don't grow. So it's almost a semi dormant state Mm -hmm. when it's really hot. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of that going on with your hibiscus. It's just too damn hot. It's just saying, forget it call me when it cools off. And it's going to sit there and wait. In the meantime, of course, don't let it suffer for you know, becoming too dry, lack no, of water. No, i
6: kept it watered. Yep. I've uh, fertilized it twice since May.
3: Okay, don't do any more fertilizing. That'll be it for that, for the fertilizer. Yep. Because remember, if the plants aren't using the fertilizer, because the only actively growing plants need fertilizer, because they will use it.
6: Oh, it's it's been growing beautifully. Yep. It's nice and green and bushy. Great. It's just where it should be. But Excellent. It's the buds. I took one bud apart, and it's almost like it's dead inside.
3: Oh, so are, and so they're getting a little bit of a wrinkle to them then, or are they still look green and, and plump?
6: Green and plump.
3: Okay. Well, give us a call next week, and uh, if if nothing's gone, nothing's moved forward on that. And in the meantime, I'll, I'll do a quick go. Uh, check on anything that I can find that might help you with that. But I honestly believe it's more weather-related than anything.
6: I, I kind of thought that, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good Thank luck with you. that. Thank you. We'll cross our Enjoy fingers. Enjoy your show very much.
3: Thank you so
2: much. Enjoy your weekend.
3: I will. All, all right. right. Uh, all right. I think that we have mere minutes left, and yep. I see that the, the boys are here, and they're revving up their Those engines. Those maniac
2: mechanics. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: They like that green and plump I was talking about. And they have a woman with them. Really? Yes. She, maybe she's a mechanic, too. Well, maybe. Or maybe she's like an indie car driver. <laughs> yeah. um, quick, uh, okay, if I can do this really quickly. This was another email that came in on the question of orchids. All right. It's, a fal- um, it's from Ruby McDonald. She's got a moth orchid or a phalaenopsis orchid. It stopped blooming. She's wondering about fertilizing. She's wondering about watering, and she's wondering about when it's going to bloom again. So here's here's what I do with the orchid. I the one orchid I have, I actually immerse the entire pot and plant. Underwater, oh. I dunk the whole thing when it's dry. So I let it get quite light, yep. then I dunk it and immerse it in water. Let it drain in the sink. Once it stopped, water stops coming out. It goes back into its little pretty overpot, and it's back into the north window. Misting daily in between watering, and at this point, I'm watering about every ten days or so, uh-huh. and that's it. You yes, fertilizer is appropriate. Uh, during the spring and summer, but don't expect moth orchids to do a lot of blooming now. They typically do their max, the big bloom is February, March, and that lasts for a good three or four months, and now they're just going through a growth phase with leaves, and again, come winter, we should start seeing all kinds of flower stems. So don't worry if you're not getting a lot of flowers, just keep them happy and healthy.
2: That's the idea.
3: All right, and speaking of happy and healthy, go to Marilyn's store.
4: Yes. <laughs> Marilyn
3: Weston, who was on before us, uh, mentioned that you know Spadina is open to lots of pedestrian traffic and there is parking nearby. So do go visit her store. I know it's crazy with that construction, but
2: well, they're scaring people away. Absolutely, telling them it's deep blocked. and yeah, you can't and get anywhere. Can't, that's
3: right, and you can, you can drive. Yeah. You, it's just that one intersection is closed. The Queen Spadina intersection yeah. is closed. So Maryland's store is open for business, and she's got all kinds of great deals going on for yeah, the summer. Yeah, big
2: sales right now.
3: All right. Yeah. Thanks so much, Robbie.
2: Thank you, Charlie, and I will see you next Saturday.
3: I will see you next Saturday. And if I
2: take enough Sierra cell, maybe I'll be doing backflips as
0: I come (laughs) in
3: here. can't wait to see it. (laughs) Thanks, Dave. Thanks to all our great callers, and I'll see you all
0: next week. Thanks. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.